0: When Ninja Gaiden released the United States in March of 1989, it was nothing less than a cinematic masterpiece. It was, in fact, the first Nintendo game to feature cinematic cutscenes, and employed techniques such as close-ups and alternating camera angles, coupled with a movie score and sound effects to tell the story. And what a story it was. For those of us skilled enough to beat its incredibly challenging levels, We were treated to a story with ninjas, demons, mysterious women, archaeologists, and the CIA all wrapped up in a little, let's save the world bow. Ninja Gaiden was super hard, but it was super fun. Today we're going to take a look back at Tecmo's Ninja Gaiden, talk about what made it so special, and compare its depiction of ninjas to their real-life historical counterparts. Curious to learn about all things ninja? Stick around and join us as we take today's trip down memory card lane good morning good afternoon good evening i hope these words find you well Hello and welcome to the 27th episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at the current week in gaming history, we pick a single game from it, we talk about it, we try to teach and learn something new about it or the world around us. I'm David Casson and as always I'm joined by my co-host who has been jumping out of places and screaming "Ninja!" before running away for as long as I can remember. My brother, my co-host Rob Kasson. Rob, how's that ninja training going?
1: Oh, Dave, it's going pretty well. I'm learning chakra control quite well. I can almost stand on water.
0: Chakra control, huh? Yes, yes, absolutely. Is is that even part of ninja training?
1: Yeah, duh. I'm trying to be a shinobi. Haven't you ever seen Naruto? No. No, Uh, you should watch it. Should I? You might like it. I don't know. I know Ryan did. <laughs> yeah. So some Ninja Gaiden, huh? Absolutely. But Dave, before we begin, you know we do have to say a special happy birthday this week. To who? To the 25th anniversary of Pokémon.
0: Really? It's Pokémon 25 this week?
1: It sure is. And folks, we want to bring a great point that we brought up with a Zelda episode previous. We here focus on the western release here in America. Because for most of our listeners, I'm guessing, you do live here in the States. So we don't really talk about the Japan release dates because none of us are really there for them. You have a lot better chance of reliving this nostalgia for the releases right here in the USA. But,
0: that's of course, a, we can't
1: a... can't ignore the fact that it is 25 years for Pokemon. And absolutely, once that time comes around this later this year, we will be talking about it.
0: So it's 25 years for the United States just later in the year? Correct. What when later in the year? Do you remember? Uh, it's on our calendar. I know it is. Um,
1: off the top of my head, I want to say it's September, but I don't feel like that's right.
0: No, it is. You are correct. It'll be our it'll be our September thirtieth episode.
1: Ah, there we are, September thirtieth.
0: September thirtieth. So like six months and then some from now. We'll uh we'll cover Pokemon twenty. Five years of Pokemon, which if I remember correctly, you are stupid excited for.
1: Abso freaking lutely, Dave.
0: <laughs> that is not my series, but that is absolutely your series.
1: Right, you are. But anyway, now that I've been off on my tangent, Ninja Gaiden.
0: You have a tangent? Wow. So and like that, I ring us back in. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden? Gaiden? I don't really know.
1: Ninja. I- yeah, uh, yeah, I think it could be Gaiden. It could be Gaiden. I'm used to German, so I think it's Gaden.
0: We'll go Gaiden Ninja Gaiden. I was used to call it Ninja Gaiden. I played this a lot as a kid. I'm not even gonna lie. We had it. It was hard. That's what I remember about it. It was hard. And it's really funny too because. Do you know, I mean, we'll cover a little bit as we get in, into, as we get into it, but do you know what made this game so unique and and like special at the time? I, you know, I, I I don't, honestly. It was the cinematic cutscenes. It, it, it was really the first NES game that had cinematic cutscenes in it. Uh, and yeah, I, it's funny that when you learn that now and you look back and you're like, huh because it just was, you know, when there's not for me this was still really early. I mean, it came out in the states in 89, I would have been 5. And so this was early and so you almost think it, you know, cutscenes were always there for me because I was so young at the time, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. It's kind
0: of like how they are for you. You you don't really know a time before any of that stuff because you came up in the what PS2 era, PS3, PS2 3, I guess 2, um, 2001. I mean,
1: I- I still remember the original PlayStation or rather the PS1
0: which would have been 95 and then two PS2 would oh, have been okay. 2001.
1: So yeah, PS2 is when I was growing up starting to to game,
0: right? Yeah. So So yeah, March of 1989 we got it came out in December of 1988 in Japan. Ninja Gaiden is a side scrolling cinematic action platforming game developed by Tecmo for the Nintendo Entertainment System. When it was released in Japan, it was known as Ninja Ryukenden, which I probably butchered, but it means Legend of the Ninja Dragon Sword. And since I butchered it at the time, it was deemed that that title was going to be too hard for Western imbeciles like me to say, as I just proved. And so it was renamed to Ninja Gaiden, which literally means Ninja's side story. But it's not a side story or a spin-off of anything whatsoever. They just liked the title because it sounded cool. Nice. <laughs> I know, right? The localization though is kind of fascinating. So when the game's text was translated from Japanese to English, the game obviously needed to be reprogrammed to accomplish this. And so there were, you know, localizations were done in different ways. In this case, The Japanese writers would write rough translations in English and then they would fax them over to the American Tecmo division who would edit it and put it back together, kind of taking their words and putting it in English in a context that an American English speaker would understand. And then they'd fax it back and make more changes and fax it back and they would go back and forth doing this until they came to a localization that they all kind of uh, liked and agreed on fax machines for the win. You know, just a little fun fact. I I if it's funny to me to think about that. Like someone changed the word and then they faxed it. And then five minutes later it showed up elsewhere. They rearranged some the words and faxed it back and I could just imagine that they would spend like it's not like these cutscenes were they're NES cutscenes, right? They're a sentence, they're two sentences and someone probably worked like a whole week on something like that. You know what I mean?
1: Oh absolutely <laughs>
0: So there is a Ninja Gaiden arcade that was developed at the same time. Uh, They are not the same game, however. So the arcade version is a side-scrolling beat-em-up that's more like Double Dragon, or I suppose because we did it recently, uh, River City Ransom. Whereas the NES one here is a platform game. Have you had a chance to play any of the remakes later on? They did a Ninja Gaiden, what, original Xbox would have been the first one, maybe no, it would have been an original Xbox. I think I think you got Ninja Gaiden, maybe Ninja Gaiden Two, Ninja Gaiden Black. I, don't I haven't know. played any of the games. No, yep. you would actually really like it if if you are a fan of, and I know you're a fan of Devil May Cry, so I, I can say this very confidently. If, if you're a fan of that that type of gameplay, you would very much enjoy the recent remake of it because they're very much that same style of platforming and hack and slash the devil may cry is
1: okay um i'm and definitely it's, planning on giving it a try it looks fun
0: and it's very and it's hard uh the original game was very much known for its difficulty so when they made a modern remake they kept that same notion they made it very hard and so basically you have a very difficult action hack and slash it's i guess it's somewhere in between dark souls and um and devil may cry in that respect so i that really do awesome I really do think it's right up your alley, and it's something that um, you should add to your repertoire.
1: I plan on it. Absolutely do.
0: So yeah, so the arcade game was a side-scrolling beat-em-up, um, but the this version wasn't. So what kind of happened is, while they were making the arcade version, Tecmo, basically, the term ninja was really getting popular in North America. I'm guessing... It doesn't say it, but let's be honest, this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, you know, in, the, in its heyday. So I'm guessing that because of the turtles, that the term ninja was getting really popular in North America. And so Tecmo wanted to develop a ninja-related game for the, the Nintendo. Turtles? Did I say it? What did I just say? The term turtles was getting really popular. The term ninja was getting really popular. Ninja. Ninjas were becoming I think maybe popular. maybe you did
1: say turtle or ninja.
0: I don't know. The term ninja was getting really popular. because because, probably because of the Turtles. And so Tecmo wanted to develop a ninja related game for the Nintendo alongside the arcade version already being developed. And so they tapped a guy named Hideo Yoshizawa and he developed and directed the NES version. But he wanted to make a game that drew inspiration from Mario. And so he decided to work on a platform game instead of a beat em up, you know, because the arcade version as a beat em up took inspiration from Double Dragon. And that wasn't his style. And so the gameplay was modeled after Castlevania, but with ninja weapons instead of vampire hunting ones. And a lot of people can see the similarities. They have very similar displays on the top. They move very similarly. Um, there are some notable differences, but a lot of people who played games back in that era, and even today, can see a lot of similarities between Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden. I definitely had them both, and they they both felt very similar. But what Yoshizawa wanted, however, was to make this version different by placing a greater emphasis on a story. And so what he did was he wrote and designed a plot that included over 20 minutes of cinematic cutscenes, Which, as I noted, this was the first time that a Nintendo game contained any cinematic sequences like this. And these scenes are used... So the game is divided into acts. It's like, I don't know, 20 stages over 6 acts or something along those lines. And at the beginning of each act, these cinematic sequences are used to introduce new characters. And when we say cinematic cinematic sequences, is because they weren't. We had cutscenes before this, right? So like Pac-Man would come up, and you know Pac-Man would chase the ghost. Or in terms of Final Fantasy, you just had a drawn picture and the text underneath it. Like they were they were just pictures with words, if that makes sense. And what ninja gaiden did was it used cinematic techniques so camera close-ups you know the camera moved to cl- go close up on someone or you got alternate angles of a scene you had different background music you had different sound effects it was a m- more of a moving picture i mean it wasn't elaborate because there was only so much you could do with the nintendo but it wasn't a stationary screen in which you read what was going on in the in the middle either it, it tried to it tried to be more like a movie which was pretty damn cool and like we said it was the first first of its kind. You know I try to think back Rob and it's hard when you go back to the early gaming. It's probably hard for you going back to that early PS1, PS2 era. And I think about other games that had cinematic um that had cinematic sequences back in the NES and I I can't think of many. I know they were out there. I know it became commonplace Hell, I can think of it. We had a game called Tailspin, which mm-hmm, the beginning mm-hmm. of it, <laughs> right? The beginning of it had a cinematic sequence. DuckTales. literally s-
1: from Tailspin, the sequence? The show? Yeah, wasn't it like the opening from it? Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah it's been no,
0: it, it was. Like... No, you're right. It was. Same thing with DuckTales. DuckTales had the same thing. So I guess I'm wrong. I guess I can think of a lot of games that had it, but more so what sticks out in my mind is, you know, all the stuff later on the snes and then the uh you know by the time we got to playstation we were in full motion video sequences and now right now we're just i -hmm. gotta tell you i gotta do a side note so over the weekend and actually i wrapped it up last night i finally finished playing the last of us part two and right before that, I played the first part. And I am never not in awe of how far we've come. That, that's just it. It's awesome how far we've come. Uh, how it's so cinematic and like watching a movie and conveys such emotion. And yeah, it's pretty cool. There are some games that just stick with you, I believe. We all have special ones. Like we've talked about Final Fantasy VII. And looked at, you know, talked about how people feel about it and how it's special to a lot of people. And I I've always kind of felt that way about the Last of Us series. It's one of those stories that just sticks with you, at least sticks with me. It's a really good, good series. I don't know what I'm going to do next, frankly.
1: I don't know, Dave, but we should probably get back to Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden. Should, should we? Ninja Gaiden.
0: Or which you should game? probably get Ninja... back to Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden? Which one? Okay, we'll talk about Ninja Gaiden. We'll talk about Ninja Gaiden another time. How's that sound? Sure, yeah. (laughs) With the cinematic sequences, the plot was pretty straightforward. Ninja Gaiden features, I guess, what else but a ninja. And his name is Rue Hayabusa. And he seeks revenge for the death of his father, which gradually finds him involved in a sinister plot that threatens the entire world. You know, so I remember the sequence. The game kind of opens with Rue's father being killed. And what was Rue's father's name? It was a plain American name like Ken, I think it was. So Rue's father is killed in in a duel with an unknown assailant. And afterwards, he finds a letter from his father that tells him to go find an archaeologist named Walter Smith in America. And so he goes. That's the story. And along the way he finds he, he teams he gets involved with a mysterious woman, he gets involved with the CIA, he stumbles along some sinister plot to worship our, you know, rebirth, reincarnate or whatever it's called demons during a lunar eclipse. There's all sorts of weird stuff that goes on during this game. I don't remember all of it. I mean, I do remember all of it. You know, I did my research for this, watched the video and stuff. But early on, because this game was so hard, I don't think this is one that I ever beat. And I do think you get unlimited continues, if I remember correctly. Well, I, OK, I know you get unlimited compute continues. This is on the Nintendo Switch uh, NES library. And so I played this recently, too. Um, I played this recently. So, yes. But I still haven't beat it. Hey, you—you you watch speedrunners. You've never watched anyone play this game. Um, I mostly watch speedrunners of games that
1: I've played. So like, I gotcha. Super Mario or um, Super Mario World, the uh, three or no? Uh, what's the one on Switch? Super Mario 3D thing I'm about? No, 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 no. The fun one. Odyssey. Mario Maker? Mar- Odyssey. Oh, Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, you. Odyssey or like uh, Colby was really into watching Resident Evil speedruns. i watched Dark Souls speedruns, but like, yeah, no, I never watched like the big ones for games that I haven't played because I just didn't know enough about the game to know why I like speedrunning. It was
0: one of the speedrunners I watch or one of the Twitch streamers I watch is the cowboy speedrunner Arcus. OK, and, and Arcus does the arc. Arcathlon. It's been a while since I've watched him. Ever since we started doing this podcast, for some reason I haven't had as much much time to take in stuff. I wonder how that works. Anyway, um, he does something called the Arcathlon where he plays through a bunch of games. Mario Brothers and Ninja Gaiden and uh, all of them, but I think he does this game in no time at all. Hold on one second. I'm going to look at, look him up really quick because I have him linked right there. His best time on the original Ninja Gaiden is 11 minutes and 38 seconds. That's how long it takes this man to beat this game. <laughs> and you didn't even beat it. <laughs> I know. I mean, he makes it look so freaking easy. Oh, and he's live right now, actually, speed running Ninja Gaiden 2. He's doing a practice uh, oh, wow. on his speedruns in Ninja Gaiden 2 his best time in Ninja Gaiden 2 is 10 minutes and 13 seconds and I'm gonna shoot this over here look just so you can see who I'm talking about in the chat room <laughs> look at the picture that pops up <laughs> he's silly yeah so Ninja Gaiden he does an 11.30, Ninja Gaiden 2 in 10 minutes, Ninja Gaiden 3 in 12 minutes he can beat the original Super Mario Brothers in 4 minutes and 58 seconds Super Mario Brothers two in eight minutes and fifty two seconds, and then he does Super Mario Brothers three warpless, which which is his biggest. It takes him fifty four minutes and fifty four seconds to do that. The original Legend of Zelda in twenty nine minutes and forty four seconds. Zelda two in an hour and nineteen minutes. Castlevania in eleven minutes and thirty eight seconds, and then Batman in nine minutes and fifty nine seconds. And that's his that's his his run that he plays multiple days a week. Isn't that crazy. That it is. Oh my goodness. Anyway, you know Ninja Gaiden is a platforming game and and honestly, it's the you can stick to walls and jump off walls and it's the earliest game that I can remember Evergrade gravity- is
1: definitely an interesting mechanic. Yeah. For this I, early on of a game, I should say. He's
0: singing. He sings while he plays. It cracks me up. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the, the first one and the second one play very similarly, so this is this is essentially what it is. Anyway. Oh, he's almost at the end right now, actually. So yeah. So, you know, it's it's a it's a side-scrolling platformer. You can jump on walls. You know, Rue uses a katana, which is a dragon sword, and he's got secondary weapons like throwing stars, a, a boomerang throwing star, trolling fireballs, and he's got this jump and slash thing that's kind of I mean, a lot of it's just kind of platforming. If that makes sense, you know, that's that's the that's the important thing is platforming, and that's what I suck at. Even to this day, <laughs> I still struggle with platforming. How about you? Do you are you okay with platforming? Uh,
1: you know, it really depends on the game. There are some where I'm great at it, and there are some where it's absolutely impossible for me. Really? Oh yeah. I don't know.
0: That cinematic cutscene, Rob.
1: That's pretty great cinematic cutscene, Dave. <laughs> Just a lot of shaking and noise. Oh, 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 oh. Just falling apart. Heck yeah. Yeah, I know, right. I guess yeah, as far back as I can think, I, I'm definitely remember this because I remember like the Mario games that I would play had these kind of cinematics in them too. So I guess I didn't realize that this was one of the first.
0: Well, I mean you by this time. You had Mario 2, Zelda 2. It's about when these came out. We're watching the end of Ninja Gated 2 and the tower you play in falls and it just takes forever. Oh. And then then you get the cinematic cutscenes. Ish. These are more like the single picture ones. Oh, look at that. Ooh,
1: flashing sword.
0: So yeah, so, you know, Ruhayabusa uses the katana, and he uses throwing stars, and he uses fireballs, and... I think that's going to take us to today's lesson, Rob. You ready for it?
1: Sure am, Dave. Hit it! With, hit me with it.
0: I thought that today, we could learn all about what else but ninjas. Eh? Eh?
1: Ooh, ninja. Hell yeah. I know. Well,
0: I mean, let's be honest. How often do you get to talk about ninjas?
1: No, yeah, it's kind of a honest. daily thing for me.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. What kind of ninjas do you talk about a daily on the daily?
1: My training, of course.
0: Oh, oh, all joking aside. Do you ever really remember talking about ninjas in history class at all?
1: I cannot say that I remember that at all. Nice.
0: Very nice. For those of you that aren't in the know, a ninja ninjas were basically covert agents like spies Or they were hired mercenaries back in feudal Japan. I think the earliest... And I don't have it in front of me, so I'm spitballing here. I think the earliest written depictions of ninjas are like 5th or 6th century. Truth be told, despite how popular ninjas are in folklore, there's actually very little historical accounts of actual ninjas. The reason what what, what we historians think... Hey, look at that. I called myself a historian. I talk about Mm. history every week now. I guess I can, huh? Yeah, maybe you can, Dave. Yeah. So what we historians believe is that they're not really written about because ninjas were known to be mostly recruited from lower classes. And frankly, no one ever likes to write about lower classes. They want to write about the famous people or the rich people or the warlords or anything like that. But you know no one no one cares about lower classes it's not like we got a regular charles dickens over here or anything
1: well dave another reason could be that if you were really to be written about you couldn't have been that good of a ninja
0: (laughs) that's very true that is very true uh unlike chris farley that dude was the best ninja ever that he was What we do know about ninjas is is pretty much what they are known for, which is that their functions were espionage, deceptions, and surprise attacks. So truth be told though, espionage was their chief role. Using disguises, they would gather information on enemy terrain. They'd figure out where enemy buildings were for attacks. They would gather passwords. They would intercept messengers to inter- you know to get communications. They were literally the regular spies of, of, the, of the feudal Japanese world. You know, aside from espionage, they were also used for sabotage. Sorry. Sabotage. I had to, I had to channel my inner Beastie voice there. Thank you. So yeah, so ninjas were often called upon to sabotage their enemies. Their primary form of sabotage was arson. So I guess the trolling fireballs in this game is not that far off, is it? I guess it is not. So, for example, in 1558, Rokaku Yoshikata employed a team of ninjas to set fire to Sawayama Castle. Um, basically, uh, uh, a captain led a force of 48 ninja into 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 Sawayama Castle. They basically used a means of deception where it's called the ghost technique. They stole a lantern that bared the, the enemy crest and they made replicas with it. And so anyone who had a lantern with this crest could get into the castle without question because it was supposed to be that only your people would have lantern with this crest. So they basically made a bunch of replicas of this lantern, 48 ninjas got into the castle and then they set it on fire and, and, and their army would, would kind of come in during the chaos and they, and they won. So there you go. There's deception. Would you call that deception or surprise attack? Both.
1: I mean, yeah, I'd say it would be both. I mean, you have the surprise attack part of it, but you also have that they went to, made the enemy lanterns and copied them, which would be the deception. They were trying to pin it on someone else.
0: Yeah. So aside from sabotage, ninjas were also called upon to assassinate enemies. That's probably what we all kind of assume they do all the time, huh? Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's that's what I thought. I mean, you know, they have a lot of other missions they have to do.
0: Best known assassinations... Uh, obviously they involve his famous historical figures. Cause that's who people write about. You know what I mean? Yeah. For instance, the, fa- the, the famed Japanese warlord, Oda Nobunaga, who had a, a, he was just a notorious warlord. He did a lot of really great things, but what he's mostly known for was brutally suppressing his opponents. I mean, anyone who, who didn't want to join him or anything, he was just vicious too. And because of it, there were several attempts in his life. One such instance that happened in 1571, where there was a ninja by the name of Sukatani Zinjubo who was hired to assassinate him. And he used he used two arquebuses. Do you remember arquebuses? The the weird guns? No, I can't say it sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, So basically, he used two guns and fired two consecutive shots at Nobunaga. But Nobunaga was... At, he was known for wearing armor and he, the armor basically, t- it was like bulletproof, bulletproof vest, you know, it, the armor basically not, he was injured, but he wasn't, it wasn't mortal basically. And so Sugatani managed to escape and was on the run for four years, actually, before he was caught and put to death by torture. I'd hate to be living in fear for that man, catching me for four whole years. It's kind of awesome. That guy lasted for four years, frankly. I I don't really know what else to say about that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a long time to be on the lam. So in
0: 1573, Manabi Rokuro, he attempted to infiltrate the castle and assassinate a sleeping Nobunaga. He was also unsuccessful in doing so and was forced to commit suicide, after which his body was openly displayed in public. How cruel, Right that's that's dark i, I know <laughs> but hey guess he was shamed and then i don't know which is worse the fact that he was forced to commit suicide or that his body was openly displayed in public they're both pretty gnarly frankly so
1: yeah no absolutely
0: so what did ninjas wear because that's kind of the thing right we can compare them to all the ninja games that we've played recently you know ninja Gaiden included. And I hate to break stereotypes, but typically you see ninjas clad in black garb, right? All that, the black face mask and the black everything. Yeah, that's not the case. Unfortunately, that there's really no written evidence to suggest that, that they wore this attire. In fact, as spies, it was much more common for them to be disguised as civilians. And so they used all sorts of disguises like priests, entertainers, fortune tellers, merchants, and monks no black garb in the mix. I mean, maybe someone did, but it definitely isn't what they're known for historically. Now, with that being said, we may have broken that stereotype, but most of the others actually stand true. So they did use katanas. That was their weapon of choice. So woohoo katana wielders. You were in the clear. You like katanas, Rob?
1: I think they're pretty cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They did use throwing stars. They also use darts, knives, and spikes. So all the stuff that you see ninjas throwing in the movies is pretty true. Do you remember that scene in Kill Bill with the chain and the sickle? Sure do. You do? Do you actually? Uh, That scene,
1: yes. yes.
0: Oh yes, that scene. The scene at the end when she's going up against everyone. So the the sickle on the chain is actually true. They did actually use that. Um, (laughs) They were also known to carry bows, use blowguns, Practice with poisons and use landmines, so they had a little bit of explosives in their <laughs> in their uh, repertoire too. And then, in terms of tools they use, they did indeed use ropes and grappling hooks, but they also use things like chisels, hammers, drills, picks to you know make uh, holes in walls to eavesdrop, or holes in walls to climb up, or or stuff like that. So I guess the modern depictions of ninjas, including the one here in Ninja Gaiden, is kind of true. Yeah it's pretty pretty accurate yeah but ninjas are actually really fascinating you should you know pick up a book or google them or something sometime there's um there may not be a lot historical representation of ninjas um but there's enough to keep you fascinated to to entertain your fascination i don't know what word i'm looking for so but that's ninjas that's my quick lesson for the day rob and that brings us back to 1989 when Ninja Gaiden for the Nintendo Entertainment System was released to the world and it was well-received. Huh? So, you know, back then, Nintendo Power was the gatekeeper for all the games. And when Nintendo Power came out, I believe the first episode this was in was in July. They had their top 30 list and Ninja Gaiden debuted at number three, just behind Zelda 2 and Super Mario Brothers 2. And it stayed there for a while, you know, it stayed there for uh, uh, six months, if not a little bit more. And it ended up being nominated for a ton of different categories at the end of the year Nintendo Power Awards, including Best Graphics and Sound, Best Challenge, Best Theme, Most Fun, Best Character, Best Ending and Best Overall. And it ended up on winning the Best Challenge and Best Ending. So, you know, people liked it. Electronic Gaming Monthly listed it at number one on their top ten video games list, and at the end of the year for them, it also won best game of the year for the Nintendo and best ending in a video game for all the games. So that was kind of nice. Even in modern times, people still look at it. Finally, right? So GameSpot uh, listed it at number ten in their top ten NES games. IGN did a top ten NES game review and they put it at number 17 and back in 2006 joystick had a user poll where they rated you know they asked their viewers or readers rather to look at the top 10 our best nes games of all time and this was number 10 but originally it came out in 1989 you know and and back then it's really hard to find reviews um but we're really lucky because back in 2007 uh it came out for the virtual console on the wii And so we do have some reviews from the virtual console on the Wii uh, that are kind of funny, actually. (laughs) Rob, do you remember when this came out on the Wii?
1: I honestly didn't know that it did. I forgot that the Wii had a virtual Uh, console.
0: Well, you want to help me with some of these reviews? This GameSpot here is kind of funny, man. Sure
1: thing, Dave. So GameSpot says that Ninja Gaiden is the abusive spouse of the NES era. It assaults you time and time again with its punishing difficulty, insidiously placed enemies, and rage-inducing boss fights. And yet, you'll keep running back for more. You look at its awesome cutscenes and experience its excellent jumping controls and fighting mechanics, and all the pain and suffering you've endured will just start to wash away. They continue to go on to say the key difference between this masochistically tough game and other masochistically tough games from this time period is that Ninja Gaiden doesn't use its difficulty level as a crutch. The underlying gameplay in Ninja Gaiden is good enough to keep you playing no matter how many times it punches you in the face with some cheap enemy placement or completely insane boss fight. For those who like their classic games angry and challenging, Ninja Gaiden is one of the best examples of that style of game because it's hard and it's fun. And ninjas are awesome. Hey, we
0: just learned about ninjas. Ninjas are pretty awesome, huh?
1: That they are, though definitely much different than this game portrays (laughs) them.
0: So uh, IGN, when it came out on the virtual console, noted that Ninja Gaiden is centered on its story. A great classic action platformer title from Tecmo in 1989. Gaiden's most notable and memorable innovation wasn't its fast gameplay or tight control. It was in how it conveyed its plot. Cinematic cutscenes shown before, after, and sometimes during the title's action stages painted vividly the world of demons, swords, and secret agents in which Ru Hayabusa found himself entwined. It was a novel approach to in-game storytelling in an age where most other titles were content to provide the plot only in the instruction manual, if at all. But they went on to say to be well warned ahead of time. This isn't the kind of game you can pick up and breeze through on your first try. Completing the adventure takes practice and patience, both of which you'll likely be willing to invest given the solid and satisfying fun factor of the core gameplay, and two, given that you want to see how the story ends. Getting to the next cutscene, seeing the next piece of, of the plot was a motivation not used before Ninja Gaiden in 1989. That novel narrative nature, paired with the high degree of difficulty, made the first Ninja Gaiden game a hit. So I think that that's a a lot of fair points there. As always, we like to go from critics to gamers themselves. Got a few little uh, Moby game reviews like normal. Rob, why don't you uh, let the viewers, viewers, let the listeners know what Satoshi Kunsai had to say about this game. Absolutely.
1: So they had to say that the cutscenes in this game for 1989 were amazing. They conveyed the story in such a way that it seems like an anime OVA. Incidentally, there was a Ninja Gaiden OVA in Japan, but it was poorly written and animated, and Ryu was only a bit character. And Ryu was only a bit character in it. Blasphemy. And you get such a feel for the characters that you would think that they were alive and for real. The story is nothing short of excellent, and the game plays it out perfectly, breaking the action up into six acts of two to five stages each, for a t- grand total of 21 stages. The difficulty level in this game progresses steadily from stage to stage. The bosses fall in the same category as well, with a very easy first boss to a hair-yankingly hard boss.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, we'll get to that final boss in just a moment. So Ivan Obrenatov here on Moby Games writes, Oh my god, this is a masterpiece. Everything about this game reeks of awesomeness, and here is why. The Gameplay. The game perfectly does what it's supposed to do. It's a side-scroller about a ninja who tries to discover the truth behind his father's death and ends up fighting a demon. Actually, the story is much deeper, but I don't want to spoil everything. The gameplay gameplay is fast and smooth, but the game is extremely difficult. There are no bad controls or stupid glitches that contribute to the game's difficulty, so if you're really good at video games, you may beat it after several hours. The Graphics. Not only does this game play nice, but it also looks pretty. It's one of the few NES games which has beautiful cutscenes which actually feel like watching a mini-episode. Graphics are gorgeous and everything is represented perfectly the way it's supposed to be. The levels are nicely done and there's a nice variety to them. Lastly, the sound and music leaves me speechless. The game is one of the coolest soundtracks I've ever heard each soundtrack perfectly fits the level it was made for and immerses you in a gameplay. Simply put, the music keeps you in grip from start to finish. The sound is also worth mentioning. Though there isn't much of a variety of sound during gameplay, they are well chosen. The explosion explosion heard when you slice an enemy is quite satisfying. <laughs> and look, Rob, a couple weeks ago we we, we read about Brigalod, I think we had this argument a few weeks ago. Yeah, Bregalod. we had this argument a few weeks ago during Contra, and he is not in love with Ninja Gaiden. Why don't you take this one, see what he had to say about Ninja Gaiden.
1: Absolutely. So Breglad had to say that it's hard. Well, what about how they made it hard? Enemies are loaded multiple times, even when you don't scroll at all, and this is very annoying. On every gap you have to jump over, they made one or multiple enemies just positioned to hit you down into the hole. And if you happen to be very quick and kill that enemy, a clone of it instantly relays the original. This tends to be very annoying and frustrating. Also, it's a shame that all graphics quality were made into cutscenes and the main graphics were left over. There is very few different buses. The non-playable characters that appear during story scenes don't appear on the main screen at all. And this looks weird indeed. Like if they don't exist at all outside of cutscenes. I'd almost prefer cutscenes in the main game's graphics with characters moving and doing the same thing. It would look less cool but definitely would make the player feel like a story has something to do with the game. Here, it looks like they picked a random story that has nothing to do with the game.
0: Well, let's talk about all these critic reviews because we made time to play this game, did we not?
1: That yeah I
0: Yeah, I... I... <laughs> so I debated having this conversation because it was not a pleasant experience, was it?
1: um i will say this it was fine for me all the way up until the last boss fight everything prior to that it just took a small amount of time to figure out but once you figure out it was pretty quick to get through i did struggle until literally stage six to learn how to use the abilities so i'm sure it could have been even easier to get through up to that point but anyway but uh, yeah the final boss did It's for someone like myself who struggles to deal with multiple things at a time in a video game. It's Infuriating say the least. I mean, I'm used to Dark Souls. So it's hilarious to say oh, how is this game difficult? You know, even then you're used to a couple of small bosses Something hitting you for a small amount or you're used to one or two big dudes and you kind of learn their patterns very quickly and, and it's easy with this I just felt that for me every time I tried getting into a pattern The pattern would change. And it just so I had too much going on at the screen. The second stage of the boss, specifically. Yeah. You know, yeah. Shoots fireballs that can somehow come back at you from the bottom of the screen. And when those ones started coming back up and the ones were still coming from above, I just got overwhelmed. When it was just two at a time, it wasn't so bad. But more often than not, I was finding three, four on the screen at a time. And with a fifth thing just taking up a quarter of your screen, it's kind of tough to avoid. Yeah. How was your experience, Dave? Well,
0: I beat it for the first time, and I don't think I ever did that back in the NES era, Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it ramps up pretty quick. I feel like it's pretty easy for the first three, maybe four, one, it starts, I feel like it starts to hit cray-cray and get pretty nuts, and then you just... I, it I, you're right. That last boss sucked that 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 just uh, that was frustrating. The whole run of last bosses sucks, but it's a hard game. Now, with that being said, going back and actually like looking at the cutscenes from a different perspective, they are impressive. This was a NES game five years into the NES era 1989 and, they were doing a lot of really cool things with the cutscenes back then. I, I I can absolutely see why everyone, why everyone really talks up this as a cinematic masterpiece because it there isn't really anything like it from that time period. Well, I mean afterwards, but not before it. You know what I
1: mean? Right. Absolutely. Um,
0: it is funny now, though, looking back at some of the localization, uh, some of the some of the words. And and the way things are said are kind of funny to me. I think, yeah, anything I say is going to be a spoiler for anyone. So I guess I'm not going to go into it. But there's there's a few sentences in there, here and there, that the localization left a little bit to be desired. And it's kind of, it, it to me, it was more comical in the middle of a, um like what's supposed to be a dramatic scene. But that's okay. I might just be picky because I'm, a, a, you know, I write all the time. So it's a dork, dorky thing. But yeah, I I mean, I can say I beat it. That's nice, huh?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can also say that I beat it as frustrating as it was.
0: I do stand by my, you know, earlier in this episode, we talked about the remakes and I told you that, you know, it was more like a devil may cry, which it is. You know, they brought it to the 3D era and they made it a a hack and slash. And uh, it's still really difficult, but I think you really like it. Also, to be fair. We squeezed this game into a few hours of prep time before we were recording, and that probably didn't help. If you had the time to put it down, come back and relook at those patterns, you probably maybe would have had a little bit more enjoyable of experience. But, you know, life is what it is, and we had to fit things in where we could, you know.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, that's pretty much Ninja Gaiden. Do you have anything that you want to add about it?
1: Uh, It's hard. (laughs) It sucks. Play it.
0: I mean, to be fair, every game that we talk, have we? I don't think we've really talked about a game that we we wouldn't recommend. I mean, we wouldn't have put it, made it a, a a topic if we wouldn't recommend it. There might be one sometime. It'll be interesting to think about if there's ever a game that we're like, yeah, don't bother. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I think that most, if not all, games deserve to be tried. You know, even if they're absolute garbage, like uh, the extraterrestrial. I,
0: you know, I. I agree. I agree. I I have uh, I have that philosophy too, where I think everything should be tried at least once. So well, that'll do it for the uh the game topic. I, you know, it, it was a busy week for us, so I'm gonna admit I don't have a quiz for you this week, so you're off the hook for quiz questions. Is that does that make does that make this a little bit better? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, (laughs) I figured it was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, that's going to happen sometimes. That's going to happen sometimes. But I do have a gaming question of the week. Oh, what do you got? So if you could have one power from any video game character, which would it be? One power. I know we talked about who would you want to be before, what world, things like that. But just take one thing away from any single video game character. What, what do you think would be a good one? Hmm. There's so many to choose from, isn't there? Yeah, that there are. There are so, so many. I mean, let, well, let's see. When we talked about what character you wanted to be, you wanted to be your avatar in Forza so you could drive cars. What if you could rewind like your avatars in Forza so you could do stupid crap? No, because if you crash, you still crash and have to deal with it. Does that make sense? Like you'd have that moment maybe of impact and then you'd re- rewind it. You still have to experience that moment of impact. Is that morbid that I'm looking at it from that perspective?
1: I mean, I I, I think it's a little overthought, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what other video game character like have cool have cool things like could you jump high like Mario or, or use a, a flower or do that teleport thing that the guy from Dishonored uses? Get super strength from the Crackdown guys. Or maybe you want to be an RPG guy and use, like, you know, a summon from Final Fantasy. Like, nah, those would not be practical in the real world at all, would they?
1: No, and that's the thing. Like, trying to think of something that would be practical. Like, Kirby would be a good choice, because you just suck up other people with powers and get their powers. But, like, I don't... There's no one with cool stuff around, so who, who do you... Like, maybe Bill Gates for his money, but I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> like if you're doing well, that why so not just be we, someone who can like make money or make gold you know? And, you know
0: yeah yeah but we gotta take a power from someone like my, my thought is what if I could take like y- heavy persuasion powers from like my fallout characters but that's not really a power Um, what about the infamous guy well I, I keep going back to like all the super strength you speak games that I don't really know that well um,
1: I don't know games that have powers that I'm thinking of. Like, Crackdown is about the only one I yeah, can think of. you know, Crackdown's
0: moment. got all the super strength and and
1: you know, I want to be like the apprentice from Jedi or from uh, Star Wars. Ooh, you want, Force you want Jedi powers? The game, the Force Unleashed. Yeah, I would. I, I would like to be able to use. And you know, it's more broad than just games, but because there are Star Wars video games, I'll take it. I, so that is it i would have to say being able to use the force because the force has many uses can be used for good can be used for evil can be used to move things but it can also be used as you said for persuasion there are many applications for one that is well trained in the force Mm. what about yourself dave
0: i don't know i i like i said i just went through that whole list i i i really don't know what i would pick uh, what about like the devil trigger stuff from Devil May Cry?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, what would you, I, I what, what would you use that for? use for yeah. It, yeah, I mean, to that end, you
0: know, something <gasps> like what about, what about the guess, dragon you know, like, shout from Skyrim? Ooh, Fusro da that would be cool. Yeah, wouldn't it, <laughs> wouldn't that be kind of neat to just go around like, and maybe it doesn't have to be that, but when you scream at people, like they just go flying. Every- okay that would be pretty cool (laughs) that would be really funny oh man well I you know I I was thinking back to the the guy from infamous because he can control electricity I think controlling electricity has a lot of really practical uses or you know again we're overthinking it what about sonic sonic speed would be super
1: speed yeah man I mean come on you'd be able to get anywhere super fast I got
0: a cool one you are a big fan of Assassin's Creed, aren't you?
1: Uh, that I am. What about
0: Eagle Vision?
1: Oh, you're right. That's a good point.
0: I mean Eagle Vision.
1: Being able to just see the guy that you want to hit in the crowd.
0: I mean, just seeing mm-hmm. seeing from that perspective, you know, I I I think Yeah,
1: as someone who wears glasses, it would be incredible to be able to have that kind of eyesight.
0: I think that one would be neat. Like I said, I mean I went to Dishonored because he can teleport. I think teleportation would be a cool one.
1: What about possession? Like in Bioshock Infinite.
0: Yeah, that's a cool one. If you're gonna steal from Star Wars, you can steal from X-Men and take regenerative healing from Wolverine.
1: Oh, good
0: call. Or what about stuff like like you know, uh time manipulation? You know, um what games do it? Prince of Persia, or what's a more more modern game that manipulates time? That would be pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that
0: probably would. Speaking of Bioshock, because you talked about possession and in infinite, they do inter interdimension travel. So, how cool would it be to just go to, to a parallel universe to do whatever you need to do and uh, and come back? You know what I mean?
1: Would be pretty cool.
0: I think personally that i really like i i i I just really like the uh uh dragon shout i think it'd be funny as hell to have the dragon shout (laughs) i just think it'd be i think it'd be hilarious to have the dragon shout and just scream at everyone and have it physically manifest itself you know what i mean
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think myself, like thinking of that large list, I think that either uh, like Sanic super speed or uh, time manipulation would have to be it because, you know, you just never have enough time. And if you can get places faster or slow down time, you get more of it.
0: Very true. Well, that'll do it for our gaming question of the week. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, you can go to our website at www.memorycardlane.com and submit it. We'd love to hear from you. Before we wrap up today's episode, well, I mean, this is the wrap-up. Rob, is there anything that you'd like to add?
1: As always, just want to say thank you to everyone listening. You know, it's a lot of fun to be here. Even if you're not here, but uh, hopefully you are here. And if you are, let us know. You can go on over to www.memorycardlane.com and let us know what you're thinking. Maybe there you can also join our Discord. You may also look at our calendar to see what we've talked about in the past, what we're going to talk about in the future. For those in the past, we can see the show notes and archives. You're also able to submit stories and questions to us. So let us know that you're involved and what you're thinking.
0: One other thing you'll find. Anything else
1: they can find over on the website?
0: There you go. One other thing that you'll find on our website is a link to our Patreon. Guys, if you like what you've been listening to, you can support us for only $2 a month. Uh, That's it. Plain and simple. Support us. $2 a month. You can go to patreon.com slash trip down memory card lane or visit our website at www.memorycardlane.com and click support. And I think with a website plug and a Patreon plug, that's all we're going to do for bothering you today. And that'll about do it, huh? huh? Rob, we ready to take it out?
1: uh i think we are dave all right i don't have anything else what about you i do
0: not so guys next week we're going to be looking at an absolutely beautiful game it's best known for developing companionship between strangers despite there being no ability to actually talk to one another in a traditional sense many gamers have called this game a moving and emotional experience and others refer to it as a complete work of art The year it came out, it won several Game of the Year awards, and its soundtrack was nominated for a Grammy Award, so it was looked at outside of gaming, too. And though it's not a traditional action-packed video game, it really is adored by many. It's a short game, short but sweet and only two hours long. It's Journey, which released for the PlayStation 3 back in March of 2012. So if you want to look back at Journey, the video game, we're going to talk about it and the forms of communication it utilized. And and probably communication in general as we take next week's trip down memory card lane.